All right, everybody, welcome back to the Agents of Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul. And I'm Eric. And we're back doing, uh, we're starting a new series today. This is going to be the first part in a three-part Hellboy series. This is one that we've been talking about doing for a while. Yeah, I'm sure this is going to make a lot of people happy. Yeah, we got some uh, really positive responses from Twitter when we, when we announced that we were doing this, because one, uh, one listener who we have is actually the guy who runs the... Um, the Hellboy ebooks account, like that kind of like a Twitter parody account. Oh, really? And he like retweeted us a bunch of times. He's like, oh, hell yes. Oh, hell yes. And oh, I awesome. Like, I was like, yeah, I'm glad people are hyped. Oh, yeah, that's great. Yeah, um, I didn't know that. Yep. So we're going to be doing a three part Hellboy series here. We're going to do basically the first episode is going to be Seed of Destruction, which is volume one of Hellboy. And then we're going to compare that to the 2004, the first Ron Perlman Hellboy movie. Yep. So that's what we're doing today. Uh, next week, we're on Monday, we're going to be doing, actually, we're going to skip ahead, uh, skip around in the reading order a little bit, because I wanted to focus on characters that were both in the movie and the comic. Yeah, exactly. And it'll spoil, like, maybe one or two things, but the mo- the stories are mostly self-contained, so it'll kind of be its own story anyway, so yeah. we can kind of read them wherever. Mm-hmm. So next week, we're going to be doing BPRD Volume 1, which is actually a different series into the Hellboy universe, yep. um, and we're going to be doing Volume 1 of that, and then Hellboy 2, The Golden Army. The main reason I picked that book is just because Johann Krauss is in Volume Volume one of uh, BPRD, and that's where he gets introduced. And I thought that would be cool to talk about in comparison with the Golden Army and their take on Johan. Yeah, definitely. Because uh, metaphysically and like how it works is very, very similar. Wait, in that movie, it's Seth MacFarlane's Johan, right? Yep, exactly. Yeah, okay. And he does like a, an accent. Yeah, it's not bad. Actually. It's honestly not like yeah. I, I mean, it's easy to shit on Seth MacFarlane, but like I'm still I love I love voice. old Family Guy. Like, dude's still talented. Yeah, he could do a voice. Oh yeah. Um, and then, so yeah, we're going to be doing that next week and then comparing that to, like I said, the golden army. And then for the final episode of this trilogy we're doing, we're going to be doing the movie's going to be Hellboy 2019, which is the <laughs> first, uh, David Harbor Hellboy. Yeah. Probably the last one too. Yep. Definitely the last. Um, and we're going to compare that to Hellboy and the wild hunt, which is uh, pretty far ahead in the, in the Hellboy reading order, but still can be read by itself. Okay. Um, which is kind of him in England going through and doing like King Arthur type shit, which is pretty cool. Is there going to be more spoilers like PPRD had? Um, uh, maybe a little really. bit. Uh, one big one, probably at the end, that it, it would be the kind of spoiler where I'd read it and I'd be like, oh shit, I want to find out how that happened. Okay. It's not like, you know, they're not like, the whole world, like, they're not like, this guy's dead. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's Hellboy 2. It's more like <laughs> this giant thing is happening in the background and you're like, whoa, what oh, the fuck? Oh, okay. There's yeah. like a big event. Right, exactly. Okay. That's exactly it. Gotcha. So it's like, it's like reading a superhero universe book where you're like, yeah. I don't understand what happened in The Flash, but it's being referenced here. It happens. So it's like in comics, I think you can kind of jump ahead with context a little bit. Exactly. So that's what we're going to be doing. It's going to be a Hellboy time, reading good Hellboy books. Uh, this is also if you're reading this in, or if you're listening to this episode in real time and not going back and listening to backlogs we're also in the middle of our uh, COVID-19 quarantine oh yeah so I've been pretty much sitting at home doing nothing uh, <laughs> my my whole world has been Hellboy and Animal Crossing that, that's been my two things it's yeah, quite lot, the mix a lot of Animal Crossing it's a lot, a lot of like healthy family friendly fishing and then like gruesome horror in Hellboy oh yeah no I've been loving it <laughs> so it, yeah it's been um so we've been staying inside. We've been staying safe. That's why last week we might have noticed we had different mics. We were using our backup mics, but yeah. we're back to the good ones. Yeah, this got week. the good ones. We got it figured out. Yeah, Pounce has not killed us yet. No, we we do record with our cat in the room, and uh, he has not killed us yeah, yet. Yeah, we've been kind of like uh, intruding on his space. He hasn't been getting his alone. Oh time, no, I think but... he likes it. I think all cats around America are secretly hoping the pandemic continues because they all know. like their owners coming. I think, I think some cats like their alone time. No, I think they like <laughs> the scratches. Uh, not all cats, definitely oh, not. My kitty likes the scratches. No, well, yeah, he does. <laughs> This cannot be in dispute. Uh, if there's any cat that's enjoying it, it's... <laughs> uh, but yeah, so this week, like I said, we're going to be talking about Hellboy. Uh, real quick, before we get started, I'd just like to call out, uh, in case this is your first time listening, uh, if you don't know what the hell this is or what you're listening to or what's about to happen, well, usually what we do is we... You might have picked it up from the schedule I was reading earlier, but mm-hmm. we review one comic book arc and then one movie and then kind of compare them together a little bit and see w- what worked and what didn't. Yep. Which one did it better? Because it's usually really tilted one way or the other. There's some exceptions. There's some exceptions. I feel like it's also part of what we pick. I feel like I've been purposely picking some bad shit recently. It's it's <laughs> nice to have the contrast. It's nice to get a good movie this time, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to... Uh, if you want to... Follow us on Twitter. I want to call that out if you're a new listener as well. We do uh, always tweet out what we're going to be reading ahead of time, so that way you can catch up and be a part of this like book club we have going, essentially. 
because um, on Twitter I always engage with I I always follow you back if you follow us so we can engage with each other about the books we're reading and you can tell me what you thought or I always tweet about other books that I'm reading like kind of on the side on my own time so yep. you can share your thoughts on that too. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Agents of Podcast. I run that account, but we're both on there, so you can find us both on there. Yeah, I'm usually you know tagging us in tweets and all that, so right. I'm usually conversing with our the Twitter for yes. the channel. So definitely follow us there if you want to see what's coming up. Otherwise, we do also have a Patreon over at patreon.com slash agents of comic book, and you can use that as a way to request episodes if you want to design and tell us what to do for a week or up to three weeks, depending on what level you sign up for. Yeah. Um, and, and it's like a monthly thing. So you can, if you want to just jump in and leave a five, it only costs $5 to leave a request. You don't have to necessarily sit there and be a patron forever. I yeah, don't yeah. really care. It, it, it can be transactional. Exactly. I set it up. Like the only reason it's set up on that way to charge you, uh, always right away instead of the month is so that you can do that. Yeah, exactly. Like I purposely set it up that way. So that way you can sign up for the $5 level, get your episode and fucking get out. You don't have yeah, to. Exactly. Forever. Like, like, yeah, we're not going to bind you to anything. You know, if you think we, you know, want to give something for the work we're doing here, then, you know, yeah, if you, means- if you want to stick on the Patreon, the, you know, the Patreon, we highly appreciate that. Yeah. By oh, all yeah. means, uh, definitely join that club but otherwise if you just want to come in for five dollars and get your episode get your money's worth by mm-hmm. all means uh, but yeah so this time we're going to be reading like i said hellboy seed of destruction and that is by mike mignola and actually also by uh john byrne who actually is on this volume he helps he helped mike mignola sk- script the book oh really he's only credited for this volume i believe hmm. um, he's just a good jump starter yeah mike mignola was mainly an artist but he wanted to start this whole series so he got help from like he, john byrne is like a legendary comic books name kind of an asshole in real life Okay. <laughs> um, but he did. He was like one of the, these like the legendary X-Men comics uh, r- uh, artist. And then he wrote Superman for a long time. Oh, and cool. Did a lot of stuff for DC. Gotcha. Uh, so he helped Mike Mignola script this this whole volume, which is kind of why this volume feels. V- I was rereading it. I noticed this this whole volume is a very different than how the rest of Hellboy is written. Okay. Like stylistically and how it flows, like the themes of the story are all spot on and the voices for the characters stay consistent. Yeah, yeah. But like how it's narrated like it's narrated pretty heavily throughout this volume true true yeah i guess it's hard to compare because i've read the bpr the first bprd and this and there's a lot of you know narration from hellboy in this first volume but then it you know you can't really know if that's how keep in mind bprd BPRD is going to be written by john arcudi Oh, that um, wasn't even Mike Mignola? No. Oh, Mike, wow. Mike Mignola gets credit on it, which is bullshit still, oh. because they wanted to put his name on the covers. Yeah, exactly. But to sell. No, John, Ar- John Arcudi is the architect behind the BPRD oh, series. Yeah, so. I, I still loved it. Right, but I, um, but yeah, this style is very different from... I mean, Mike Mignola, like, that, that's why John John Byrne is on this volume, because he kind of was getting his footing and figuring out how to, like, pace a comic and yeah, whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but this volume still holds up very well. I enjoyed reading all of it, because even though it is maybe slightly over-narrated, it's good to get, a, like, a look into Hellboy's head especially like early on yeah definitely. and then you can kind of go from there and you don't have to hear as much yep um but the volume actually opens up uh similarly the the way the movie opens up with a flashback to world war ii mm-hmm. uh we hear that the nazis are closing in on this like ritual site and uh professor broom in his like the B- bureau of paranormal research and development or at least what will eventually become them are kind of like investigating their own thing and broom is saying like no there's some ritual going on right now yep um and they're not in the same locations necessarily but they have like readings on like that something is happening right now yeah and we see over in like the nazi camp uh we have like a bunch of like crazy looking nazis as part of like this uh, secret society of nazis um that yeah Hitler's it's hired. really cool designs for them right they're all just like paranormal kind of it's like it's like Hitler's paranormal hunters. Yeah, exactly. Because even in real life, I think Hitler was like super into like uh, finding magical artifacts, and he believed all that shit. Oh yeah, he was heavily into the occult. So they, th- then he had, was heavily influenced by very occult people. Right. So that's kind of that's I, this ties in very well with that. Oh yeah. Uh, because we can see uh, from the first couple pages, he's also working with a real life person as well, Gregory Rasputin. Yeah. Who is a, uh, for those who don't know their uh, history super well, or at least uh, 1990s or 1919s Russian history. Yeah, the, uh, the Bolshevik Revolution. Right. He was like an advisor to the czars. Yeah. Uh, and kind of like a mystic. <laughs> yeah, Rasputin's honestly one of my favorite characters in history ever. And a he's very, very interesting. Very influential person in history. I mean, and he's. For how like, off, for how, like weird and like off he was. It's exactly. It's crazy how high he rose. He yeah. just has a crazy mythos. But like from, uh, I mean, a lot of the you know, information that I've come across in my time about him, like, a lot of it is overblown, and really, he was just, like, a drunk sex maniac who somehow was able, because the Bolsheviks, or, you know, the Romanovs, they had 
like which were the czars of yeah, Russia. Their son yeah. had was a hemophiliac, and somehow Rasputin was like the only person to ever like subdue his symptoms. And that's why he rose so high up because and they believed this mystic was healing their son. Exactly. Yeah? They thought he had some magical trait, and but right. a lot of people think that he was just secretly drugging him. But, but this this is a good way for Mignola to build off of that myth. Oh yeah, which is a good. A good well, the whole, the big thing about him is that when he was eventually assassinated, he was like stabbed, shot like nine not nine times, shot a bunch of times, poisoned, thrown yeah. poisoned thrown out of a building like he, and then dropped in a river and then dropped yeah. in a river yeah so there's and always, that's real so he did oh, yeah. actually like he had to have good survivability like he was a bear oh yeah he yeah, was so. an absolute tank the story of that assassination attempt is wild right so that story itself also lends itself to that myth too oh, where definitely. it's like he was crazy like hard to kill yeah so what Mignola's doing with his take on rasputin is yeah he died and floated down the river but that's when he met these like you know, space devil gods, yep. the Agju Jihad. Agju Jihad, yeah. Uh, and that's when they brought him back. So this ties in really well to like the the lore and myth of not only the of Hitler's occult interests, but also Gregory Rasputin is now re- resurrected, essentially working for the Nazis, which is yep. a really cool take. Yeah, it's an awesome take. Um, and so we see him with like this metal glove that almost looks like the right hand of doom, like that Hellboy yep. will eventually have, but it's like mechanical, almost the same in the movie too. Yep. And he's uh and he's using it and he like chanting these words like this old like. Like uh, this old like chant that he has memorized. Yeah, your typical satanic ritual. Yeah, chants. like oh, rise from the rivers yeah, and yeah. take all the blood. Blah yeah, blah blah. You know, the blood of the innocent. <laughs> right, and so he does this and he completes the ritual and then, but on the Nazis' end, nothing really happens. Yeah, so it seems kind of anticlimactic. So they're looking around at all the Nazis and like Ilsa Rasputin is like, well, what's going on? Like, what's go- like what happened? You promised like this would be the end. Yeah, like the fear is going to be pissed. Right, and then we see on Professor Broom's side like the occult, like the area he was gathering around. Like, yeah. He was on the receiving end. Yep. So he basically got the end of the t- of Rasputin's telegram, which is this little devil boy, basically, that shows up in a yeah. ball. And it's Hellboy. He's a little kid Hellboy. Yeah, little baby He's Hellboy. He's adorable. I fucking love kid Hellboy. Yeah, it's great. He's Hel- Kid Hellboy is like my favorite. There's tons of stories with little kid Hellboy. Oh, really? Yeah. It, because the, they uh, f- they jump around in the timeline a lot in the Hellboy universe. Cool, they, yeah. Especially, Mignola especially loves to go back to like the 40s and 50s and tell like stories of him and Broom. God, yeah. See, I, I got to get into those because I feel like those would be really like the early days of Hellboy. Would be really interesting. Oh yeah, no, they're they're a lot of fun. That's kind of what I'm going through and reading right now on my own time. I'm I finished the whole main saga, so I'm just kind of going and reading all the side stories right now. Oh, cool. Um, but one line I do like during this whole sequence, during this opening ritual, is Grigory Rasputin. Uh, his fi- one of his final phrases is like, "Now with this, I begin the final like phase that can never be undone. Like oh, the yeah, actions yeah. I have now can never be undone." And they use that phrase in the movie too. Yep. And I don't want to say too much to spoil the whole series for you or for anyone else who's still reading through Hellboy, but mm-hmm. that ties in pretty in- interestingly with a lot of things that happen. Okay. Throughout the saga, that comes up a lot. This whole like, what I've done cannot be undone, no matter what. Gotcha. Well, I. I, I know a few like theories and possible things about Hellboy, but I don't want to say them just because I don't. You mean wanna... like things you've read on the internet, or like or my own theories of like what he could? No, you can pitch your own theories as long as they're not like things you've or, read. Like, is there anything that's tied to him? With I'm him? not going to answer you. But... Okay, but like I I just envision it being kind of closely related to like an Antichrist situation where he's. I mean, in the movie, you know, it that's, kinda, yeah, that's supposed to bring him. Take. He's going to be you know be the harbinger of the apocalypse. Right. And... I, I think that's kind of how they're pitching it in this story, which was exactly like, that's what Hitler thought it was. Probably he yep. was like, oh, you're raising like the devil from hell is going to like be our like raise fire. You know, yeah, he's going to that, be. That's basically what. He's going to be our champion. Right. Yeah. Um, so their their ritual worked. They brought the champion back from hell, except he ended up with the Americans and ended up with Broom, which is going to yeah. be pretty much the whole twist of like the whole Hellboy universe. Yep. Which is like, it's, it's like that story. Like, what if Superman landed somewhere else? Exactly. This is like the, it's like, what if this demon, like Antichrist landed with a loving father? Yeah. Like, what would happen <laughs> then? Yep. Yeah, and then that's yeah, what that, it's an awesome take. Yep, that's what makes Hellboy's like so much fun to read, and like what makes him like an interestingly like such an instantly likable character, and like someone you want to read more about. Yeah, because you're like because when you find out like what the horns are, because he has. I, I mean, if you really don't know what Hellboy looks like, he shaves off his horns, yeah. so it's just like two stumps. Yep, and like that's just such an iconic look because you at first you look at it and you go like, well, what is that? Yeah, what the hell? And is then like that? someone will explain to you like, oh, he's a demon. He shaves off his horns because he wants to like you know d- deny his destiny, and you're like, oh, that's fucking cool. Yeah, it's a amazing yeah that's, <laughs> like that's just such a good like instantly likable take that like, yeah it makes it so easy to jump into this exactly and it's like a really good like kind of like whole message to the story too because like you'll have stories of like young hellboy like trying to fit a hat on his horns but he can't fit in and like people are laughing at him he's like i just yeah. want to be normal exactly and yeah. it, it's like 
I, I don't know what you'd exactly call it, but it's like, you know, the monster that everyone's afraid of, but he's actually, you know, more, has more humanity than most people. Yeah. yeah and the, he's like the only one who can save everyone else. Yeah. It's like the Mary Shelley. Yeah, yep. exactly. And Frankenstein, well, not, we're not going to find out about him today, but he does exist in the Hellboy universe. Oh, yes. I'll say that. <laughs> there are some volumes you can read about him. Nice. Uh, but going through this, we kind of get our first introduction to Hellboy. Uh, he, this whole story is illustrated by Mike Mignola, so we get like a really like he looks really great in these first couple panels. And oh like, yeah, he, even from the start, Mignola's art was like on par. Like it was, it was really knocking it out of the park. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but sadly, the first scene we get in modern day is Professor Broom. Uh, he's now an old man. And it's modern day. Well, I mean, not modern day anymore, but it was 1994 when this came out. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, so um, that we that's when the Hellboy saga starts is 1994, and it progresses. <laughs> in real time as it comes out okay so he's like 50 who professor broom no hellboy oh hellboy is yeah he'd be older than 50 he was born in 40 i guess i guess it depends on if you consider him born in 45 when he came to earth true yeah you don't because he was probably like four or if five you consider when... him born then then he's like although dean 70 yeah it's probably like dog years so like demon years probably aren't the same as human well right he doesn't he I, I, they say at a certain point like he aged to complete maturity within like six years oh okay yeah so, gotcha. he, so he's in like i don't think he's gonna age or look any different ever okay um as far as i know i we, yeah, have, yeah. we haven't seen stories of old hellboy it's probably not that important <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah we start out and it's now old professor broom in 1994 and hellboy is meeting him and hellboy kind of mentions like broom you've been missing for a long time like why are you just now getting in contact with me like what happened like, yep where were you and he explains like oh i've been on this expedition i was in the alps or i don't remember what a mountain ranger was but he was in the mountains based on where the cavendishes live yeah, it doesn't say. It just says when they're on their way to the Cavendishes. Yeah, but either way, they're in, they're in like a, a mountain, a snowy mountain range. That, but I can't think of the word. Just imagine the <laughs> Fellowship of the Ring walking across the tops of the mountains. Yeah, That's what think it of the like. Himalayas. Yeah, it looks like just that. snowy mountains. It looks very good. And it's got like, it shows broom. Oh, actually, no, it's supposed to be like the, or is it like the Northern Pole? I don't know why you're asking. That, I already established. I don't. Well, know. that's where the Cavendishes were doing their expeditions. They were trying to find the Northwest Passage. Oh yeah, it might have been up so there. So it's probably then. up near the Arctic Pole. Yeah. So they're searching. Uh, he's got his expedition with him, the Cavendishes, and they find this like statue. It lo- looks like a statue. It's anyway. like a Cthulhu-looking thing. Yeah, it's like a giant squid with a bunch of eyes. It looks very creepy. It's awesome. And uh, it, Professor Broom says, we came upon this statue, and then I just kind of blacked out. I don't know what happened. Like, we looked at it. They saw a man sitting there, yeah, like, meditating. And then, yeah, he started, he touched it, He touched the statue. It looked like a monk, and he said it like it felt alive. Right. And so then he just blacked out, and now he doesn't know what, what happened. Um, but then they're talking, and Hellboy's just kind of like, well, you know, we haven't seen you in forever. Let's get you back. Let's make sure you're fine. Yeah. But then that the frogs start falling. Yep. And uh, Hellboy looks around. He's like, oh, what the hell is going on? Yeah, that's on? always a good sign. Yeah, it's not a great sign because then he gets attacked by a giant frog monster. <laughs> yep. And this is kind of where that narration I talked about comes in because we get a lot of... It, it, Hellboy, like, this holds up very well as far as, like, I mean, a 1990s comic's not that old, but, I mean, it still kind of has, even, like, reading this now, it has that narration where it's like, he, you're reading it, and he's like, I feel the pain in my wrist, I jump, I don't know if I'm going to make it, stuff like that, you know? Honestly, I didn't mind all those all I don't those mind sequences. it, it's just different, yeah. Some of them were cool, because I, I like the parts where he's, like... When it's like, oh, he connected with that punch and it felt like, you know, like a sledgehammer. But like, but if I do this and like, he's he's going to expose this and like, it's cool right. to kind of get like his fighting tactics like right laid out. Yeah, that's what I meant earlier when I said like for volume one, it, it works, I think, because yeah, it's if it, nice to see what where his limits are too. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, it helps when he knows like, dude, that one hurt one more and I don't know if I'll take it. Like yep. stuff like that. It helps you kind of level and be like, OK, where does he stand? Yeah. So it, it, I'm lucky that this guy doesn't know how close he is to beating me. Yep. Stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Whereas later on, we just kind of we know that Hellboy can take a punch. Yeah, you know, exactly. At that point, yeah, it, like, it's a good like starting thing. But yeah, you're right. If it, if it kept going throughout the whole run, it would get very yeah. Old. It gets modernized as it goes. Yeah. Uh, but in, a- after this attack, uh, unfortunately, Broom doesn't survive the frog attack. He is, yeah, he gets uh, a bunch of weird. He turns into like basically, it's like the life sucked out of him. Yeah, it, it's brutal. And these frogs, um, the design of these is, is really cool. They're like uh, they have like these tongues that they use for their attacks that latch out. Yep. And the design for these frogs will come up through a lot of the whole Hellboy universe. They might have even come up in BPRD. I'll have to reread it. But yeah, uh, no, they, they did. come up very yep, soon. There's a couple instances. Um, and then so the the mission that they're well, on, and it's like because frogs are. Uh, a classic sign of like pestilence and plague. Oh, yeah, well, like, right. Because it's like the the pharaoh, like the what was it? Who was the one that cursed the pharaoh? And it was like you got the locusts, the frogs. Oh, the right. Plague. Yeah, you're right. So that's actually a cool tie-in where it's like now they're monster frogs. Yeah, it's biblical. Right. 
Um, so now with, with Broom dead, I mean, Hellboy's just kind of left with the pieces now. Okay, Broom was missing with these Cavendishes. Yep. Well, now we, we got to find out what their deal is because yeah. they're the only ones who know what happened. Good place to start. Yep. So we meet our, our BPRD crew, which is the Bureau of Paranormal Research and Development, or not Research and Development, Research, research and, and Defense. Defense yes. Yeah. Um, which is, and we meet our crew here, which is Liz Sherman. Uh, Liz Sherman's one of my favorite characters in comics. Unfortunately, we don't get a lot of her in this volume. Uh, in fact, I'd say most of her development happens in BPRD. But she's, yeah, she's a lot in that. But she's a, a star of the Hellboy universe. I love her a lot. Uh, and then we also have Abe Sapien, who is in um, a, a wonderful disguise here, which I yeah. love. <laughs> like he doesn't do this a lot, but when he like this is awesome. He has like a, a hat, like an old like private eye, yep. and like a fake beard and like these blue goggles that light up. Yeah, he kind of looks like Spider Man Noir with a giant fake beard. He does, yeah, a little <laughs> bit. And like the eyes light up. It almost looks like how kind of how uh, Lobster Johnson will end up looking in later volumes. That's why I got confused because when I read BPRD after this, there's an issue with Lobster Johnson, and like I was like, is that Abe? Yeah, you're right because he's got. The same goggles, yeah. So I, I was see like, why I'm, think that, yeah, yeah, I was really confused. But these goggles don't come up a lot. Like, uh, uh, Abe kind of ditches this costume, later. yeah. This was like a road costume, yeah. Um, but yeah, they meet up with this uh, this woman uh, who's like the head of the Cavendish house. She's like an older lady, and she does. She's like, "Oh, my whole family is explorers. Like, come yeah. on in, I'll show you around." Yep. And we find out that the Cavendishes and Hellboy tells us this part in inner narration. But the Cavendishes built their house on what was known as a cursed, like uh, Native American like site where the Native Americans wouldn't even like settle. Yep. They were like, "Just oh, don't go over there. It's fucked over there." Which that kind of reminds me of like Skinwalker Ranch almost too. Something like that. Yeah, yeah kind of like that. Where it's just like a historic. Like everyone who's ever lived there has said, don't live there. It's cursed. <laughs> Which yeah. is always a good sign. Right. Uh, but the Cavendishes have built their house here and have lived here forever. And the story we'll find out as this volume goes on is that the, the leader of this house way back in like the 1800s or however far back uh, had a, had uh, was like basically praying to like the Agju Jihad, which are these basically the space gods, the yeah. space devil. Yep. Um, it's like, like a, it's like seven pillars. Basically, yeah, like yeah, they sentience. call it. Like, it's like the se- the seven like devils he- that it's are like one, the seven heads of the beast. Yeah. yeah, and they're they're like the the all head of evil basically. Yep. And so he was getting like hints and prayers from them. Uh, to, and that's why probably why he built his house on that spot because they were like, oh, this is the well house. Like you, like you build here, yeah. Like, you'll always have power here. Yeah, exactly. And it was probably a good conduit for that's what like, I mean, whatever right? that, Yeah, that entity. Yeah, it's like a big battery for the whole house. Yep. Uh, and so he was getting this whole ritual ready for the Aju Jihad, and he was planning this mission out to the mountains to finish his ritual that they were having him do. But yeah, the the leader of the house died of like a deadly disease, like because there was like no medicine back then. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, he basically left all these plans for this expedition he was about to do, and just left him sitting on his desk, I assume, and then just died. Yeah. So his his like kids who were grown men came upon it, and they were like, oh, like, and probably getting now whispers themselves from the the devils. Yeah. Yeah, because I I would imagine like whatever that parchment was with like that like. The letter that he left was probably some kind of spell or curse or something. Right, exactly. So, and this lady who's speaking to Hellboy and Abe and Liz tells them, like, yeah, and since then, every uh, member of this house, like, since him, like, like from from line to line, generation to generation, they've all tried to do this expedition out to the uh, out to the mountains to yep. finish this mission, and all died, and they've all died trying. Yeah. Yep. And so, like, literally, that's, like, every generation It's like, well, here's my trip. Goodbye forever. <laughs> and, like, the whole thing is, like, it's the, because this old woman, it's her grandsons that, or no, is it her sons or no, grandsons? No, it's her grandsons. It's her, uh, good question, actually. I, I think it, no, it, it's her sons, but they never had grandsons of their own. Or they never oh, had yeah, sons of like their the own. Oh, yeah, they're, like, the end of the line, Which yeah. is stupid. Okay, if every male heir in your entire family lineage died on this expedition, wouldn't you want to have a backup plan? Oh, they would need one, because the Agju Jihad would be like, have many kids. Yeah, exactly. Have as many kids as you we need to increase those odds. Yeah, they, they show up. They're like, why did you come here without an heir? Like, if I kill you, there's nothing left. Yeah, maybe the Aju Jihad should, like, do, if they want to get free so bad, maybe they should do a spell that's like, bring warmer clothes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Medicine would do. You don't have to do the travel like an idiot. <laughs> we want to come back today. <laughs> we don't want you to die. <laughs> really, we, we want to get the job done first. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's, that's essentially where Broom was then. He yep. was with the... The two, the two most recent sons of the Cavendish family, and they must have gotten where they were looking. Yep. Um, and for all we know, like all the other ones made it too, and maybe that's just the end of the line. Maybe that's when they became servants. Mm-hmm. And we'll see. Maybe that is what happened. Yeah. Uh, well, I think Rasputin fills in the blanks at the end of the volume here. 
Yeah, because then uh, once uh, the lady takes him to their room and then she's sitting in her room and all of a sudden Rasputin comes out of the shadows and it's like, do they suspect anything? Yep, at the end of this issue, I think it's the end of the second issue we see like Rasputin is like whispering in her ear now. So Ras- and Rasputin, we already know, is tied around the finger of the Agu Jihad. Yep. Um, so yeah, they kind of did it like a cool, it's, uh, it's almost kind of... Uh, relative to like actual history, where you know Rasputin kind of weasels his way into this like rich, astute, estate you're right. family. He, he's doing the same kind of political influencing that he did uh, yeah. in Russia, except he's doing it with this Cavendish woman. Yep. Being so like, he's I like, can free your sons. Yeah, he's like the silent whisperer. Yep. I have what you want. Just listen to me. Yep. Yeah. And and only listen to me, and I'll give you just as much as you need. Yeah. And then he is the downfall of the entire family. Yep. You're exactly right. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. Um. And we also do get our introduction to Liz, which is kind of cool. This is like the one scene with Liz I really like uh, in this volume, which is like kind of her introduction, which is like yeah. she's a fire starter. Like, yep. And like, Hellboy's like giving her intro and it's like, well, you'd think like the way this was written, like she was like a monster I'm hunting, but no, mm-hmm. she's part of the team. Yep. Um, so it's pretty cool. And we also get Abe's introduction, which is pretty cool, which yeah. is like, like Mignola for a long time kept his origin like tightly wrapped like he was like this is just a mysterious thing that happened and he oh, just really? exists okay yeah uh he did he did eventually go back and add a tunnel lore to ape sapien but for a while it was literally just this they just found him in a tank yep they just found him in a tank and and mignola even said like i, I wrote on the on the tank like uh the date he was born and i made it the same day as abraham lincoln died just because yep. i thought it'd be mysterious yeah yeah <laughs> and so that's why they named him abraham sapien yep yeah and that yeah that's why they find the tank and they're like well it's the same day abe lincoln died so yep he's a <laughs> ape sapien Yep. And so that's his whole origin. He's just a fish man that was found in the deserted tank of, like, the Pentagon, essentially. Yeah, that's about all we know it right now. Right. Uh, but you'll find out you'll find out more about that if you read BPRD, which, again, BPRD is probably my favorite. It's I like it even more than the Hellboy series. Really? Yeah. Well, oh, definitely. Like, damn. Buy a decent... I love the Hellboy series, don't get me wrong. But yeah, like, yeah. BPRD is just, like, one of my favorite... Maybe my favorite book ever. Oh, wow. Yeah, it, it, it made Liz and Johan like two of my favorite characters in the Hellboy universe. Hmm. So the Cavendish woman kind of just leaves them. They're like, oh, we'll continue this in the morning. You came all this way. Like, we'll have breakfast and we'll talk about this. Yeah. And, uh, and they, you know, they're staying overnight at a haunted spooky house. Like, this isn't going to go well. Yeah, there's they suspect something's up. Right. And so it's cool because they brought Abe along with him and he takes off his disguise. And Hellboy's just basically like, all right, Abe, do your thing. Yep. And Abe, like, you know, gets into his, like, marine gear and, like, dives off the the castle like because this whole thing is like a castle essentially this, yeah it's this a manor. giant like a state yeah so yeah. he dives off the top of it like into this like moat on the bottom like into this cave yeah it's like a lake yeah with like a cave system yeah that like runs under the house so they're like yeah abe go down there and like search around use your skills find out if you can find anything we can't because they're yeah. just locking us in here for the night they don't know you can do this yep uh so that, and i think that and that's one thing i really like about abe it's like he's he's got that like special like niche exactly and, yeah. and like that can be used in a lot of clever ways it's not he's not just like the water guy like he is but like that comes up a lot more than people realize like, oh definitely that being useful exactly like that's helpful in a lot of situations mm-hmm. and then yeah that's when like you said when they all get attacked by the frog monsters yep. and at this point i think hellboy's kind of catching on he's like oh you must be the cavendishes like mm-hmm. this is this is where what you became yep and so he's even calling him by name come on olaf you yeah, know yeah like trying to wake him out of it you know if he can yeah because initially because they're posing as like the butlers and once they're in the rooms they're like did you recognize that one butler like he looked a little familiar yeah like isn't that is that not the guy is, isn't that the guy that she's telling us is dead right he's missing like, <laughs> yeah. oh i haven't seen my son in years isn't oh, that thank him? you so much isn't that him in the corner wearing a fake mustache <laughs> no <laughs> absolutely not clearly not don't you hear he has a british accent <laughs> yeah so during this whole frog attack uh abe sapien is separated like we said he goes into the cave and he kind of uh Hellboy at the top gets attacked by a frog and dragged like through the castle, like through the bottom floor, like yeah. into like this cavern underneath. Yeah, these frogs don't mess around. Yeah, and like literally, he's grabbed by like this giant tentacle, so it's like a, it's like fucked down here. Yep. Because we find out that that statue that Broom had him bring back, or not that Broom had him bring back, but I guess he kind of did. That they found, yeah. 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 Uh, that the Cavendish has brought back is not just a statue of the Aju Jihad, it's actually an Aju Hem. And just to explain for everyone the difference here, in the Hellboy universe, the Aju Jihad are basically, it's this crystal in space that is essentially a six-headed beast of evil. Um, like a, like magic. You know, I don't want to explain all the details, but that's what you need to yeah, know. Yeah, they're like pillar-looking things. Yeah, it's like a, a pillar of evil, essentially. Yeah. And the Aju Hem are essentially uh, these big Cthulhu monsters who are under the earth. 
um, who have been like kind of pr- imprisoned there and okay. are dormant yeah, yeah. and sleeping. So they have this one who's like petrified like a statue. And so they have him bring him back so they can resurrect him and make him an actual Ogdru Hem, which is when we see him as like an actual like spider beast or like a gooey monster beast. Yeah, yeah. Um, but while Hellboy's trying to fight this uh, this monster, this frog monster, um, while Hellboy's trying to fight this monster, Res- Rasputin reveals himself to Hellboy. And kind of like, he's like, hey, it's me again. Remember me? And Hellboy's like, no, I don't know who you are. Like, yeah. they, they never met. Um, well, uh, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Because they, because uh, Rasputin was, I, I, I don't know if he was killed by the Nazis, but I think that's what we're led to believe after he was unsuccessful. Yeah, they never either really. Either that or he fled. It, yeah. yeah, they never really explain it. It might be explained somewhere, but either way. Um, really, yeah, not that I remember. Either way, they cut ties. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. at that point, they were like, you're full of shit. Like, yeah, fuck you. Exactly. <laughs> um, I'm sure they killed him. <laughs> yeah. At this point, he's like, go ahead, kill me. Yeah. Why do I care? <laughs> <laughs> um, and so he comes back and he's like, you know, Hellboy, like, I'm your real father. Like, I'm the one who raised you. Like, you're here to do one thing, and that's like the return of the Agju Jihad to Earth. And, yep. I'm, gonna, and I'm, your, I'm the conduit. Like, why are you fighting this? Like, yep. this is what you should want. I am your master. Yeah, exactly. And this is like the, this is like Darth Vader and Luke. He's like, come on, why are you resisting? Like, you're the one who's going to help. Yep. Like, this, you're the one thing we need. <laughs> and he kind of explains his backstory to Hellboy, which we we kind of went over a little bit it's like the classic rasputin story from history where he got assassinated by uh who did he get assassinated by in real life just like russian it was, it was just uh it was like a russian uh rebellion group that yeah, was like right. part of the oh, revolution yeah, there was a lot of political upheaval going on right then oh right? yeah and he was a very polarizing figure right so yeah so after he was assassinated by them he was brought back and then served the nazis he explains all this to hellboy I'm um, just. I, I'm not sure exactly why. Maybe Actually, no. To, I take that back. He was killed by friends of the Romanov family because they the, they were so worried that this dude was gonna like uh, be the end of this family. That he was gonna cause so much controversy that it was just gonna fuel the revolution. Oh, that so much it was harder. before that even happened. Yeah. I oh, see. it was before the revolution. I see. I see. But that was like one of the tipping points where people were like, "Yeah, right. maybe this is the moment." Yeah, so so he was able to come back from being assassinated. He was taken by the Agdru Jihad, and he's now basically their conduit. He kind of explains more about what happens happened with the Cavendishes, where uh, and all all the Cavendishes basically they all go out there and they all become frogs and they yep. all become slaves to him. Yep, uh, and he uses them to help like transport the statue back here to Cavendish Hall, where like we said, it becomes like the the Agdru Hem. It's it's the first Agdru Hem we see in the Hellboy universe. Yeah. We also see that he, the frog that went after Liz, was able to successfully subdue her, and and basically, I think that Rasputin's plan is to use her as the new Hellboy, um, because yep. he has her, and he's like, well, what do I need Hellboy for? I have like, I think Rasputin knows a little bit more about Liz than even we as readers do at this point. Definitely, because yeah. the way as me, who's someone who's finished the whole saga, it's very interesting to hear him talk about Liz and her powers. Really? Like, yeah, it's it's really cool. Like. I don't want to say too much because I think it'll give things away, but that's the way he's talking about like where her power comes from and why it would be useful to him and why it makes perfect sense for her to be the new Hellboy, like the like a equal a, po- the, the a power of equal force, yeah, yeah. the fuel, the energy, right? Um, because I mean, at this point, we pretty much just know uh, Liz as like the Human Torch, yeah, like that's what she is. She's but, Fire Lady, yeah, but she's like her po- her power is it's not fire, it's something else, and okay. that'll get explained as we read Hellboy. It, probably next week when we talk about BPRD, we can get more into that because that oh, comes yeah. in uh, that comes into play a lot. Yep. Um, but we see he's got Liz here, and uh, he's going to use her as the conduit. But then we also see what's going on with Abe, because we kind of left him for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And Abe ran into a frog of his own, but he was actually saved by a ghost. Yeah. What do you know? Right. And it's pretty cool. We see like Abe sitting there, and like the ghost of one of the Cavendish is like, over him with like a, a spear, and he's like, ha Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm getting my revenge, you Asputin, you. Yeah, right. <laughs> and so it's, it's pretty cool, because... Literally, the ghosts, we'll see this towards the, it'll be revealed at the end, but at this point, uh, in real co- time continuity, the ghost takes over Abe's body and animates Abe's body and possesses him. Yep. And, and now he's like, I'm a fish man now. <laughs> Hiya. <laughs> I have the dexterity. <laughs> yeah. You become frogman, I become fish man. <laughs> and so literally, he, be- he becomes Abe and grabs his spear, which is his weapon of choice, and then just walks off. Yep. And which ends up saving the day because Hellboy is trying to go toe to toe with this Ogdru Hem and it's not going well. No, no. Ogdru Hem are extremely hard to kill. Yeah. Um, and so uh, it ends up being Abe, who was the one who comes in the clutch. Well, not really Abe, uh, the Cavendish, yeah, who's yeah. possessing Abe, comes by with the, the spear and 
guts Rasputin with the spear. Yeah, just as he's like about to finish the like incantation. Right, just uh, right before. I don't think he actually even finishes bringing back the Audrey hand. No, we he, see it wiggling. He's around. near the end. Yeah, yeah he's getting close. It's wiggling around, starting to attack. So we oh, can yeah. see what it's capable of. Yep. And one scene that's really cool when this happens. It's just one page, but it's a really cool like world building for the Hellboy universe. Is while this is all happening, we see like this one page from like what's literally like a space station, an extraterrestrial oh, yeah. like, alien space station. Yep. Like it's way out of nowhere. It's completely crazy, like for one page to just throw out there. But mm-hmm. we see literally very, a bun- very Grant Morrison. Yeah, it, we see like a bunch of uh, aliens sitting around a table, like in a spaceship, and they're monitoring what's happening down at Cavendish Hall. Yeah, like they're watching Earth, and they're being like, uh, "We're picking up some strange readings down over there on Earth. Like, what's going on over there?" And like they look down and they're like, "Oh, someone's trying to like release the Adru Jihad. Like, <laughs> we're, like our job is to monitor their pr- imprisonment." Yep. And like if, if they don't know what the fuck they're doing down there, like if they release this, we're all fucked. Like, yeah, wh- they're about to open up a universal can of worms yeah and it's cool because they even mentioned like what happens on earth affects the whole universe like you can't let them do this yep and so um we 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 get the idea that maybe they are about to try and stop this but they're probably way too late yeah um luckily uh the cavendish comes by in abe's body and throws the spear yeah and then uh with this go i mean the adjuham i think may have still been like loose enough to like attack i'm not sure i I think they stopped them from getting the adju jihad out but i think the adjuham the the adjuham was definitely free yeah Yeah. so so that that could have definitely caused some serious havoc but they're very lucky that liz was here because liz is one of the few options that i know of in the hellboy universe for killing an Audrey him oh really because her her flame can kill pretty much anything and they they use her as like their exclusive way to kill Audrey him um so she's able to basically flame the whole room when hellboy's immune to it so he's fine yeah yeah uh and kill the Audrey him and it just becomes like a smoking pile yep and rasputin gets burned up yep so rasputin for all intents and purposes right now is gone but i mean he's been killed many times so we don't know where he went exactly oh no wait no he's not dead yet that's right because Hellboy has to go back. He's like, I don't think I'm done here yet. Well, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, after it, that, it, it's just a cool like, it was like, you can't kill me. You'll never know you're like what you where you came from. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, oh, I guess I have to find a way to live with that. Yep. And that's the classic Hellboy line where it's like, I decide my own destiny. Forget yep, you guys. Exactly. And then and crushes his skull. But that's what I mean. It's like, yeah, Rasputin is technically dead right now, but he's, yeah, died, yeah. Ma- he's died many times. <laughs> that body is dead. You're right. Exactly. Yeah. He's still a slave to the Audra Jihad. So whatever they want, like he'll be back. Yeah. Yeah. Then, yeah, then uh, the Cavendish Manor collapses. That's always good. Yep, and then Abe Abe kind of, like, regains consciousness, and he's like, I don't know what happened, but I think someone just got their revenge, yeah. which is, like, a really <laughs> cool, like, you know, I wasn't rooting for the Cavendishes, but all of a sudden I ended up liking this guy, where it's like he got free of the curse, and he was like, fuck this guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, I don't know what happened, but I feel like it was a good thing. I don't know what happened, but I know this Russian guy tricked me. I'm going <laughs> to stab him. I like that. It's like the ghost one thing. It's like, I got to stab this guy. Right. <laughs> That's my one unfinished business. <laughs> someone is going to get stabbed. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta stab an old Russian mi- uh, mystic. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, that's where we essentially end the final volume of Hellboy. That's where that leaves off. Uh, it would it would transition into Wake the Devil with some more kind of Nazi stuff, some stuff with witches and vampires, which would be the next volume. Uh, I would highly recommend continuing. To, if you're going to read this on your own, read it in order. Unless you're reading with the podcast, then yeah. by all means, I mean, feel free to skip ahead. That's what Eric's doing. Yep. And you you read BPRD ahead already, right? You finished that? Mm-hmm. How, how did that read without like knowing all the stuff between? Did you understand most of what was happening? It was fine. It actually kind of works out. I mean, really, the, the biggest thing that happens is that you get a flashback. Well, Hellboy's not around. And right. you find out. And that, you find out why. You find out that he left. And it's kind of cool because uh, a lot of it is Johan, you know, trying to figure out or like... Like, you know, he's new, so he's trying you're, to oh, he's right. trying to meet or become friends with Abe and uh uh what's uh Roger yeah, yeah. and Liz and you know he's saying like oh well what about tell me about this Hellboy guy so it's cool to get stories about Hellboy from Abe and oh, Roger. Okay, so you're so. right. They do kind of have a fish out of water there to try to catch you up. Oh, definitely. Yeah, okay. yeah. cool, cool. Because I'm about to reread that and I was wondering. Yeah, no, it was good. Uh, so yeah, so we'll be talking about that next week. Uh, again, so the next volume, if you want to read in order, would be Wake the Devil. That's uh, if you have the the omnibus, those trade paperback omnibuses that came out recently, that has them all collected together. I uh-huh. highly recommend that. The, these those reprints they were doing are really nice. Oh, really? Um, but it can also, it's all found digitally as well. There was a sale on Comixology Unlimited, which is still happening as of this recording. Oh, yeah. Uh, which all Hellboy books are 50%, all Dark Horse books are 50% yeah, off right that's now. That's crazy. Yep. And it's all on Comixology Unlimited. So if you want to start your Hellboy read, now is the perfect time. Oh, yeah. Now is a great time to do it. Um, but yeah, so that'll include uh, Seed of Destruction. Really good intro to that character. Um, the only weird thing about the end of that book was that there's that character called like the Torch of Liberty. 
And yeah. It's a weird character because he never shows up again. No, but it must have just been a superhero that was around during like the World War II. Oh, I looked it up. It's actually it's an old character that John Byrne had created himself. Oh, really? Yeah. So John Byrne was like, hey, Mignola, you want to include like the Torch of Victory here in this World War II scene? Yeah, yeah. Which is kind of cool. Like you look at it and you're like, oh, okay, he's like a superhero. I get it. Mm-hmm. But then like he never, he literally never shows up in the Hellboy universe again. So yeah. It's like, what happened to that guy? I think <laughs> I think he might have just been there because like they were doing that mission. It's like, oh, well, Nazis are going to be involved, so maybe we should. Send, oh no, like, I get that. Maybe we should send a super. Yeah, or, you're like, right. Just send I, a random guy. And I think that's cool. I like that. But I'm just saying, like, literally, this is the only Hellboy story he's ever in. Yeah. So it's I just guess. weird that he's never referenced again. You, th- he sounds like Superman. You know what I mean? True. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and it, you think that would come up? It's or at least referenced. Yeah. Hellboy like, wouldn't be like, remember the Torch of Victory or yeah. whatever the hell his name was? I forget now. Yeah. What's he up to? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. we don't talk about him. <laughs> you. We did some very bad things. He was created by the bad X Men man. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so that was Hellboy Volume 1. Uh, next week we'll be talking about Volume or uh, BPRD like I talked about. Uh, but for now, we're moving on to our adaptation, which is going to be the 2004 Hellboy movie. Uh, oh, yeah. This movie is directed by Guillermo del Toro and, of course, stars Ron Perlman as Hellboy. Uh, in my eyes, he is the Hellboy. Oh, a definitive Hellboy. Even when we were reading that book, I, I always read Hellboy's voice in his voice. It's I really like, do. It's hard not to. It, honestly. Um, and then we also have uh, Selma Blair as Liz Sherman in this movie. And then we have, uh, who else is worth calling out? Uh, Doug Jones is Abe Sapien. He's really good. I like him. Oh, that's Doug Jones? Yep. Oh, no way. Sure is. And then probably the final one I should call out is John Hurt himself plays uh, Professor Broom. Yep. Uh, when reading the comics, uh, after not watching the movie for a while, I struggled really hard professing, uh, pronouncing his name because it's spelled like... Uh, Brutenholm? Yeah, it's Brutenholm, but, but everyone pronounced just calls Broom. him Broom. Yeah. It's pronounced Broom, apparently, too. I'm not sure how that goes. I always thought it was like Broomholm, but it actually is just Broom. Brut- I mean, maybe with the German pronunciation, it's like Brutenholm. Broom. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows how that Either way, works. Broom rolls off better. Uh, but yes, John Hurt plays him. John Hurt does really good as Professor Broom. Oh, yeah. Um, he, he's in more, like, this movie is kind of an adaptation of Seed of Destruction in certain ways, but in a lot of ways it's not. Just little different twists. Yeah, like, or, like uh, tweaks. Like, yeah, Professor Broom is in a lot more of it. Yeah. Um, like Which he, I didn't mind. He, yeah, he still ends up dying eventually, but yeah. it's farther down the movie. Gets a little more, like, badass death. Right. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's a really badass death, yeah. actually. He goes out like a total badass. Oh, yeah, and then we also have Jeffrey Tambor as Director Manning, <laughs> and the, he's the worst. The dick of this movie. Oh, you know what? He's not even the dick of this movie. They're actually the, one of the main stars of this movie I completely forgot to call out. What the fuck's his name? Myers. Oh, God, I don't even... What's he, his he's name? He's literally like the main character of this movie, and I forgot Is about him. Is he the main character? Yeah, he walks in. He's like, I'm the dude. Open the gates. I, I don't, he's just a fish out of water I'm guy. the fish out of water. <laughs> I don't, what is that guy's name? He was like your mid-2000s like hottie type guy <laughs> not like he wasn't like the main hottie but he was like the attractive like milk toast uh, like. his name is rupert evans and he played uh john, john myers Meyer. who is uh, not a character from the hellboy universe nope. he's just a plain just old a, yeah there's not really much to say about him he's just a plain old dude who's okay with stealing his friend's girlfriends yeah <laughs> he just swoops in on not only friend's girlfriends but hellboy's girlfriend yeah <laughs> which honestly i mean he's got balls ballsy move yeah he's got balls <laughs> that's the like that's like the uh nephew of satan right there right <laughs> just gonna try to steal his girl uh, but yeah, so this movie is it holds holds up really well. It, it does for sure. Um, and I think that's because Guillermo del Toro likes to lean in the in the uh, into like practical, practical effects yeah. instead of uh, special uh, CGI effects. Yep. Because there is CGI in this movie, and it does stick out like 2000 CGI. But oh, it's yeah. very small, so it doesn't bother me. Yeah, it really didn't bug me. Like the opening of this movie is basically just like the opening of the of the comic, where it's like the ritual going on. The only difference is that. Uh, they're boom. actually there. They're at the same location, yeah, yeah. right? Which I almost like that better because then it's like a conflict, then it's like a race against time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think that's maybe a better take. It's it's better theatrically for yeah, sure. Yeah, it's more exciting. Yeah, because um, then you get like broom. They have to like go through the Nazi technology and be like, what were they doing? Yeah, and, and yeah. Uh, they added a like a Nazi like monkey assassin guy. Yeah, he's he's a character in the Hellboy universe technically, but they changed a lot of things about him. Yeah, in the. Well, at least in this first one, he was just kind of a mysterious, like Nazi officer shadow guy. Yeah, just, like, his, his name is uh, is Carl Cronin. He's like a member of the Thule Society of, of okay. the SS, 
And uh, in, in the Hellboy universe, he's basically just a high-ranking Nazi officer. He's a big part of the Hellboy universe, but he's basically just a high-ranking officer. And the only reason he wears that suit is because he's like a germaphobe, if I recall correctly. Oh, really? Yeah, so it's just a look. Yeah, in the, in the movie, he's like a corpse, basically. No, like, I, I, full his, of a bunch of dust. And... Mignola's take on him is really cool. It's an awesome character It's an improvement design. on the character. Like, maybe not... Maybe not totally, because then you can't have him talk and be intriguing, but he's yeah. really like phys- like visually interesting. Oh, yeah. He's an awesome character design. And if you want it to be a horror, like he provides a lot of the horror for this. Oh, yeah. Like, it's a great horror character. Because like, he's literally like, a, a, it's kind of like the, the take they have on him is like he's a man who like was addicted to surgery. Yeah. And so he kept getting things removed or replaced or changed. Yeah, like he was born at like 1880, but he's like over 100 years old, but he basically, his body is just like a bunch of gears and like yeah, he's like the clockwork man and yeah. he doesn't have blood he just has sand yeah, yeah. All, it's just dust of his organs and yeah he, he can like reanimate his body on like a, a cooking timer yeah, yeah. basically just gives it like a, a wind-up clock and just ticks yeah so he's kind of a cool character there's no torch of liberty here uh no. but there is rasputin rasputin is pretty much straight from the pages what's that guy's name that actor? Uh, the actor who plays rasputin would be uh, Carl Roden. I don't oh, know yeah. him. He's from been a in lot. a lot of stuff. Okay, yeah. yeah, he always plays the Russian guy. Oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe he's the guy who can do the Russian accent. Oh, yeah. Okay. So yeah, he plays Rasputin. He's he's pretty good in this. He's fine. No, I that yeah, was good. Yeah, they didn't do a ton with Rasputin in this. Uh, the only, the really the cool part that we get with Rasputin is told to us by Broom, which is just the story from the comics, which is you know the story of him getting poisoned, stabbed, shot, yeah, yeah. and then coming back. The real back. story. And then Broom is like, well, why is he working with the Nazis now? Yeah, yeah. Um, but they're able to the the allies are able to take out this Nazi regiment here and uh, take over this, uh, but it's too late because Rasputin is able to open this portal. Mm. This part's a little different. This part was really cool looking. It was, yeah. This this struck me when we were watching it. Yeah, because they did a similar thing to the Agri Jihad, like the the pillars of stone and space. Yeah, it looked straight out of the pages. It looked very similar. But the cool shot we get is they send this like probe through the portal that they're trying to open to bring the Dagru Jihad back. Yep. Because in the in the movie, it seems more like Hellboy was an accident. Like yeah, they, they definitely. were trying to bring back the Dagru Jihad, and Hellboy came back instead. Yeah, because the way uh, Broom says it is like it was the portal was open too long. Like something might have slipped out. Right. Yeah. Whereas in the comic, he was definitely trying to summon Hellboy. Yeah, definitely. Um. But it, so what happens is he tra- he sends this probe in, which literally bumps against the prison of the Dagru Jihad, yeah. which is kind of funny because you see like this eye wake up. Yep. Uh, and the shot of it's really cool. It's just like literally in space with like this like cool like like weird outer like outer realms music. It's like woo. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, and it's it's like really cool. And the probe is just like floating there. And so the and they're like, well, yeah, like you said, something came through. Yeah. And they see like Hellboy jumping around like a little monkey, and they yeah, give yeah. him a butterfinger. Yeah, they give him a baby. No, it's a baby Ruth. Oh, you're right. Yeah. yeah. And so it's like from then on, he was part of the team. And then mm-hmm. they take the photo with him that's just out of the comic. Yeah, they got that exact comic photo or the the photograph. With him with all the soldiers, right? Yep. Yeah, I love that. And uh, one of the big differences, we've talked a lot about Hellboy, but one of the big differences with Abe Sapien, yeah. who's also in this movie, uh, he looks pretty good. They had a good design for Abe Sapien. I, I like that enough. Yeah, you can tell because when it's like just him on land walking around, it's mostly practical, but there's a scene where... Uh, new fish out of water guy comes in and he's uh abe sapien like comes up in his water tank and that's definitely all yeah CGI. when he's swimming it's cgi it looks bad but yeah. it's, it's only one scene where he's swimming if i believe it well, might one, be one, more. one scene where he's swimming at like uh having a conversation oh right but then there's other the scenes that's where the he's only just... well lit exactly one, yeah. yeah so yeah uh, it's not bad and it's cool too when he's like walking and doing missions on land he actually has like a water tank suit yeah it's, which yeah, is yeah, a, it's cool like a cool touch like uh apparatus like a breathing apparatus yeah i thought that was a cool touch where it's like because in, in the comics he's fine like he doesn't need anything but yeah, it's, exactly. it's a cool idea where it's like he needs some kind of water i like that yeah same yes and but the weird thing is they gave him like a new power which is like he's like gene gray psychic <laughs> yeah he like touches like, something like that, that seems like they're burying the lead there i know exactly like, just, that seems like that's like that overtakes it now that's his power and like, like, that's that, too powerful yeah like that guy is should have like his own story at that point right like, <laughs> he, he can like touch objects and like read their memories and watch the memories and like see all sorts of shit and, yeah like, he's he like can, a gene gray level telepath yeah he can like hear pulses and like detect life signatures yeah and, and like i think they just had the idea that like oh ape sapi not interesting enough we got to give him like another power so he can be in the story yeah like that's the one fault about or maybe not the one fault but that's one big fault about this movie that i think i have is like ape sapien is completely wasted in this mm-hmm. movie definitely like he i think they do a better job of that in the second one if i recall correctly i guess we'll find out next week yeah it's been i don't remember the second one that but like well. he really like they really struggle to get him involved here like he like the only reason they give him that telepath power is just so he could do something exactly that's yeah. the only thing he uh, attributes by the end of the movie they actually like forget about him well they uh, they do have one sequence where he does a swimming 
like mission. Yeah, and he with with the against the frog thing. Yeah, 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 I like that. That was a cool part. That was a cool part, like designed just for him. But yeah. like literally by the end of the movie, he's he doesn't he's, he's not gone. in the conflict. Yeah, he's literally gone. Like he doesn't have a scene for like the final like thirty minutes. Yeah, it just <laughs> comes down to Hellboy, Liz, and John Meyer. Yeah. John Meyer. Yeah, that's the problem is John Meyer's in all these scenes and it could have just been Abe. Exactly. But they had to in- include this like love triangle plot, which is terrible. It's uh, the worst part of the movie. Oh, easily the worst part of the movie because John Meyer is just the worst character because he starts out as like he wants to be Hellboy's friend, but Hellboy's like edgy and doesn't know how to make friends. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, no, it's because this guy's an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Dude literally swoops in on Liz like the first time he meets her. Yeah. In, th- in this movie, uh, Liz and Hellboy are like dating or they did date at some point and yeah. they're, they're kind of like romantic interest in this movie which is fine you can is do that, that ever in the comics no weird okay no i i, I think it's just kind of i mean i guess with hellboy it's a little weird because he's like super super old I, but i guess it kind of makes sense where it's I guess, like i mean when it's like fire out, girl yeah. goes with demon like it kind of matches there's some, yeah there's something there that's what i mean i don't have a big problem with it um but it's different yeah um but yeah, so he, uh, she was like spent some time in like a psychiatric hospital where she was talking about like how she's like trying to gain control of her powers and like learn it a little bit. Yeah, which is kind of a cool like uh, hint at like they don't they don't talk about it a lot, but it's like she's learning where it comes from, which I thought was an interesting line. Yeah, because that's very related to BPRD. Yep, that yep. line struck me like learning where it comes from. I'm like, ooh, where does it come from? Liz, yeah, ex- you're asking the right questions. Exactly. Yep. And uh, and she kind of explains it's the a similar origin to what happened in the comics where she accidentally like lit a bunch of people on fire yeah, as a yeah. little girl because she couldn't control her powers. Yep. And like killed a bunch of people, and that's when the BPRD got involved. And they're like, no, 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 you live with us. You're yeah, part of yeah. us now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, John Myers, the reason Hellboy's like all happy at first is because John is able to convince her to come back to the BPRD. Yep. Um. Although I guess that's only after Rasputin tricks her into burning the hospital down, which we didn't mention yet. She, yeah, yeah, she really didn't have a place to go after that. <laughs> right. So yeah, I mean, John Meyer didn't do a lot. No, he, he not was at more all. like, well, you could come live with us uh, yeah. or go to jail. Exactly. Yeah. So and then, but the, as soon as that happens, like she he, literally that the night he brings her back, she's he like, oh, I'm, go- I'm coffee, going out yeah. to coffee with John, and, like, and Hellboy's like, what? Yeah, he's like, oh, okay. Right. <laughs> And I don't even think she sees it as like a romantic no. thing, but John Myers certainly does. Oh, definitely, he absolutely does. And the worst part is like while they're having coffee, like they're ta- he's talking to her about Hellboy, and he's like, he loves you, you know. Yeah. And then like ten <laughs> seconds later, he like does like the yawn arm around the shoulder move. That's what I mean. Is when at first when I was watching it, I was like, oh okay, he does. He, he's just is he's gonna be just friends. He just exactly. wants to go out and talk without Hellboy there. Because yeah. I forgot, I was like, I'm pretty sure this dude tries to swoop in on Liz, and then like he had the whole like, you know, he loves you. I was like, oh, never mind. Maybe he is a good guy about. It. And then he did that. I was like, oh, no, he's a dick. Yeah, no, he's literally just trying to, like, like just get behind Hellboy's back, like, for no reason. He doesn't even know Liz. I know. He And, yeah, he literally has met her once. The only thing he knows about her is just that she does fire stuff. Yeah. And she's like, cool. And while this date's going on, Hellboy's, like, stalking her, too, which is kind of a, a, <laughs> uncomfortable. Yeah, it's a little weird. Because he's, like, jumping building to building, like, oh, they're having coffee. Yeah. He's and, taking her picture. Yeah, like, it's kind of cool or it's kind of funny because a little kid, like, sees him on the roof. He's like, oh, my God, it's you. <laughs> yeah. He's like, sorry, kid, I'm on a mission. Don't then, tell anyone I stalk people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the kid brings him out, like, milk and cookies. Yeah. And it's like, uh, yeah, don't stalk anyone when you're Are you kid. Santa? No. No. <laughs> Biblically, I'm, like, the opposite of Santa. <laughs> <laughs> right. Your mom would be very upset to know you were with me. <laughs> or that I exist. Yeah. Yeah, Liz overall, I like in this movie a lot, actually. It's more just like John Myers is like constantly attached to her story, which bothers me so I much. Because anytime she's on screen, it's like she's talking to him. And I'm like, this sucks. <laughs> right. Why can't her and Hellboy just get along so I can have scenes with her? I know. Well, why can't her and Abe, like, why don't they, her, I don't, does she ever talk to Abe once? I think literally once like why isn't she having all these con- why isn't she out for coffee with him right like this they were friends yeah. yeah like uh. that's my that's my biggest problem like i said my biggest problem with this movie is the treatment of abe that's why we talked started talking about liz right there because yep. abe should be in all these scenes instead of john meyer should be erased from this movie I know, it, he doesn't it, need to be here we don't just, need a fish out of water be more clever in your writing well you know a lot of it is probably just production companies being like yermo you know we gotta have like some kind of love hook here right they, they look at the poster and be like where's the white guy yeah <laughs> I'm seeing a red guy. I'm seeing a blue guy. Where's the white guy? There, I'm looking at this poster, but you're missing the white guy in the center. Where is he? Oh, okay. Hold on. Let's make one up. What's his name? Uh, John Meyer. I They'll don't be know. like, oh, there's not really just a regular white dude in the team. Oh, um, that's gonna be make a one. <laughs> and oh, I don't good. think he's in the second movie. Or if, no, he, if no. he is, it's for like a scene. I'm almost 100 percent sure he got scrapped. Right. And thank goodness for that. Yeah. He's the worst. 
almost almost ruined the movie. Yeah, really. But like all the scenes where it's just like there's one like uh, my, one of the best scenes is when like they first go in to take out like do their first paranormal investigation because he goes in with Abe just yeah. like strapped and they're like ready to go and it's like a really cool scene. They're loading in these special like blessed bullets and shit. Yeah, like that's my favorite scene in the whole movie because it's just like this is Hellboy. This is BPRD. And exactly. Like, yeah. We're going in for a random ass mission. Like we don't know what's going on, but we got we're equipped for anything. We're yeah. equipped for paranormal. We're equipped for aliens. Let's do this. Time shit. to take care of the spooks. Yep. Abe's got his suit and his special weird telekinetic powers. Let's do this. <laughs> and, and and like I, I back to Abe too, because uh, coming up soon is the scene where uh, the reanimated man. We talked about this a little bit. He comes back from the light, oh, yeah, uh, back yeah. to life, and ends up assassinating Professor Broom in in their headquarters. Yep. Which kind of prompts Hellboy to be like, "No, we have yeah, to go yeah. after Rasputin." Yep. And uh, but to, while this all happens, he kind of gets an epic death where he's like playing music in the background. He's like, "All right." Take me, I'm ready. Yeah, because yeah, the like the assassin dude comes down the spiral staircase, all badass. He's like, I see the puppet, but where's the puppeteer? Yep, and, the and then like Rasputin comes out of the shadows. Yeah, it's cool because it's the first time probably anyone's asked the assassin that question, but Rasputin's yep. probably always just floating around. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, oh, you asked the right question. I'll appear. That's like, impressive. You've earned my respect. Right. And Professor Broom has that effect on people, even his enemies. Like his enemies oh, yeah. always show up, and they're like, wow, like for a human, you kind of have your shit together. Yeah, right. Like, you kind of <laughs> like understand what happens. Yeah. You're not just a total failure. Yeah, it, it's really cool because all pretty much all of the, like the psychics and even paranormal like cosmic entities all look at Professor Broom and they're like, "Huh? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's pretty cool." Like, I thought you'd be easy to break. I thought this would all shock you, but you kind of <laughs> seem like you're picking up on this pretty you're quick. kind of rolling with the punches. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so he gets assassinated, and they hold like a big rainy funeral for Yeah, him. we get we get the classic uh, funeral in the rain yep. scene. Yep, had to happen. <laughs> and Hellboy's, of course, t- too cool to show up at the funeral, so he shows up on, on the rooftop like yeah. Batman, like, no. Just out of sight. Yep. But I do have a point here. The reason why I bring up his death scene is because right before his death scene, he has this conversation with John Meyer, this character we hate, mm-hmm. and he's like, listen, I'm not long for this world. I'm sick. I'm dying. Yeah. And uh, like one day I'll be gone and Hellboy won't have me around and he needs someone there for him. He needs an ally. And I'm like, why the fuck? (laughs) What the fuck? Like, Like, haven't they been friends? Yeah. He's sitting here giving this like speech about friendship and about history and about all this shit. Like Hellboy won't be like, I won't be here for Hellboy. Yeah. To this person he's known for weeks. It's like, dude, you literally have known Hellboy for a week, baby. Like this scene would have so much more weight with Abe Sapien being like, holy shit. This is the guy who stuck up for me when no one else would. This is Hellboy. This is my best friend. Of course I will. Exactly. Like, Abe Sapien could have been such a cooler character. God. Yeah, like, he was a cool character. Just get him involved. No, he could have, like, cooler. Like, he could have been such a pivotal character. Yeah, just have him be there, and then you can have that emotional weight with him, and that's what makes Abe interesting. It's like, yeah, I've been there with him through fucking hell. Yeah, like, I don't want to see Hellboy, like, form, like, a cool, related, like, a buddy relationship with some milquetoast, like, FBI guy. Yeah, like who, I want to see him be friends with Abe. I want to see him be friends with Fishboy. Yeah, like, who he's known on. since like for years. Yeah, that he's been working and been buds with. Like who, who grabbed him out of a tank and was like, "No, n- enough." Like, yeah, like oh god, dude, it's such a missed shot. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but the whole, yeah, the movie ends up revolving around uh, kind of the uh, this is where Seed of Destruction ties in yep. again because they spend the whole movie hunting down these fro- essentially frog monsters. Yeah, they have different lore. It's like frog. Uh, predators. It's like frog demon princes, yeah, kind of. Because they got like the predator dreads, and yeah. like they're all like they're well, they look like, like predators. They right. run around like gorillas, and yeah, it's pretty crazy. So they're basically the the Cavendish frogs as far as visuals and purpose in the story, but the lore is different. I'd say it was probably loosely related. Oh, it, it had to be based on the Cavendish frogs, yeah, yeah. I would imagine. Oh but yeah, the, but but the lore is different. It's like uh, I'm guessing because they're called like it's Samael the Resurrected One or whatever. Yeah. And he's, uh, I'm guessing, they don't say it outright, but it, it looks like he's like a prince of hell. He's some kind of demon. Yeah, I think, yeah. He, I think he's a prince of hell, probably yeah. with his own legion, yep. at, at least as far as the other rules in the Hellboy Hell universe work. Okay. Um, so he, he possesses these frogs and when he dies, he, he splits and becomes two yep. and, and, be, and like he lays eggs everywhere. So he always has bodies it's to come back to. constantly reproducing. Yeah. So that, that's their version of the frogs, which is pretty cool. I like that. It's yeah, a, no, it's a great concept. It's close enough to the frogs with adding some more to it, like more princes from hell. But I think that's cool as hell. Oh yeah. No pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they're fighting these frogs the whole time, but they find like the the main hub. They find like this nest of eggs. Yeah. And that's where Abe comes in. He kind of dives down and helps like try to destroy them. Yeah. Has a bit of a whoopsie. That's the last we'll see of him. That's yeah. his last scene. Yeah, last time we see Abe is he literally just drops his like defense holy water and then gets attacked and he's just like he's just like hiding in a little And he hits space. the emergency beacon so Hellboy can find where they are. Yeah. And then he vanishes. Yep. He just doesn't gone. help Hellboy, he just runs. Yep, just dips. Or hides, yeah. for all we know. 
because Hellboy arrives and he arrives and Rasputin's there. He has this the statue that uh, that we we didn't talk about this part, but Elsa Rasputin and the assassin dude stole uh, the statue. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's the same statue that we see in Seed of Destruction, the comic we just talked yep. about. It's the the tentacle monster, the Ogdruhem, that is a statue. Yep. Um, so Elsa brings this up to him and they're like, we, we brought the statue that you needed and he's like, perfect. And he, uh, he's going to perform a ritual to bring it back to life. Yep. And, uh, Hellboy's there with him and he, uh, and it's just like, it, this is basically just like the setup from Seed of Destruction. We have Hellboy and Rasputin in a cave. Uh, the only difference is that Elsa's also there yep. and, and Liz is also there. She's been captured just like the comic Yep. and he has her. He's going to use he's her, gonna use like her the as the conduit. Yep. yep. And he says, well, I can use her to open the gate just as easily as I can open the door with you. Just like mm-hmm. he says in the comic. And he's, and then he says, uh, well, if you want me to spare her, I just as happily use your right hand of doom. That's what it's meant for anyway. Yep. If you let me just use that. By the way, I don't know spared. if you want to tell me that, uh, more about this, but is that a comic thing? What? How his hand being a key? The right, yes. Okay. Yeah, the right hand of doom is definitely a tool for the apocalypse. Gotcha. For sure. Cool. Um. So yeah, he says like, yeah, if you open the door, like I have no reason to kill her, then it's open anyway. But mm-hmm. of course he's bringing about hell on earth then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so it's like, oh, are you really saving her? Now she <laughs> yeah. has to survive hell on earth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bit of a challenge. It's like, imagine bringing Liz back. Like, Liz, I saved you. We did it. <laughs> oh, really? Well, you saved the day, Hellboy? Great job. Like, awesome. Uh, We're, not exactly. Let's go back to the base. Oh, it got blown <laughs> blown apart by the Aju Jihad. Yeah, uh, there, there are new masters the now. The four horsemen of hell are here. <laughs> if we bow down, we'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, and so he's uh, Hellboy agrees to, like, open the door. And it's cool because his horns instantly grow back. Yeah. And Rasputin even says, like, say say your name. Yeah, and he gets, like, the, the, the flaming crown. Yep, and he's like, say no, no, say your real name. And he's like, all right. Anugun Rama, and yep. the horns grow back. The chains break. Yep, and then uh, he stands up, and it's like he has the fiery crown, just like in the comics too. <laughs> and, 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 uh, here's like a super cool moment. Awesome visuals, awesome like build up, and then so he unlocks the first lock, and then as he's about to do the second, here comes John Meyer. Oh, of course, he's like Hellboy. Remember who you are. And, and here's it's like oh. another moment that should that seems like it was clearly meant for Abe. Abe. Yeah, like, who's known him for years, but here comes John Meyer, the guy who you've hated this whole movie. Yeah, because, like, if Hellboy's in, like, a fugue demon state, like, in reality, like, John Meyer's would be like, Hellboy, remember, and Hellboy's gonna look at him and go, like, who the fuck are you? Either that or he'd be like, oh, I remember, you're the guy who tried to, like, date Liz. Yeah, you're the guy who tried I'm gonna to rip my your head off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a demon now, I can, I'm sending you to hell. Yeah, so somehow the one-week friendship of John Meyer and his inspir- inspirational words gets him to, like wake up or right. whatever. And so and I like this movie a lot even rewatching it, but this this it can will continue to make me angry. Like all these missed opportunities with Abe Sapien. Yep. Cuz like and cuz they just keep forcing this asshole into the movie. And even by the end of the movie like it's basically like the comic, we don't need to explain it again. The actor yeah. him comes back to life. Yep. Uh Hellboy rips off his horns and he's like, I'm not doing this. I decide my own destiny. Yeah, kills Rasputin. Yep. It's kind of cool, though. He stabs Rasputin with his broken horn. Oh, he does. It's that, an that's, awesome That's kill. pretty good, yeah. yeah. And then it's just like the comic, too. Liz comes in with her uh, her fire and yep. burns the Adru Hem away. Oh, no. That was that was before. Oh, that was before. Yeah, yeah that, they used that scene. Yeah, for the Hellboy eggs. gets the, the belt of grenades and then goes, he gets eaten by the thing and then he blows it up. You're right. Yeah, that was him. for the eggs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she burned up the eggs. Uh, and then the movie ends uh, with, uh, you know, he, he finds a, uh, Liz and he's like, I rescued you. We saved the day. Yeah. And and then, like, the movie ends with, like, John Meyer, like, looking on and, like, smiling and nodding. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, it's like Liz and Hellboy are, like, hugging it out. And John Meyer's just, like, standing awkwardly, just like, yeah, we did it, guys. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you didn't do shit. He's standing on the side <laughs> smiling. But I know his inner monologue is just like, I need to think of ways to murder Hellboy. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get that girl. How do I kill demons? <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, they, literally, that's the final shot of the movie. Where the fuck is Abe? Right? Is it's... he okay? <laughs> <laughs> is he dead? I don't know. I don't. Uh... Hellboy's not even like, oh, where's Abe? It, yeah, it was his beacon they replied to. Yep. Not Where even, the fuck is Abe? Not even the least bit concerned. <laughs> God, he just gets shafted. It's the whole so upsetting. Movie. But I mean, still good movie. I mean, th- this was uh, a pretty go- cool idea of a way to adapt Seed of Destruction and not include the Cavendishes. For sure, yeah. Because if you want to cut the Cavendishes out, which I understand, yeah, they don't need to have that. Exactly. Uh, you can tell the story with just having it be Rasputin. This is a good way to do it. Oh yeah, Rasputin your... as a like a mystic villain is an awesome enough concept that alone. Right. And I like the the added lore of like uh, to uh, I like the added lore to Carl Cronin, and I liked the oh, yeah. lore that they added to um, Samael. 
yep. to the frogs. That yep, was yep. pretty cool. Um, I mean, it kind of closed the door on them doing the actual frog story, but I don't think that was ever Guillermo del Toro's plan anyway. Probably not, yeah. Because Hellboy 2, uh, we're kind of at the end here, so we'll just kind of talk about it generally. Uh, Hellboy 2, when we talk about it next week, is going to be more, it's like a completely original story. It's not based on Hellboy lore like at all. Oh, really? Yeah, and I like that. I think that's a cool way to do it. Because you, but it's based on Hellboy lore in the sense of the characters they use, which is the important part. Like yeah, they yeah. include Johann Krauss, who is like straight out of the pages. Yep. But then they do a story where it's like this whole like fairy market place. Like that's what Hellboy Two is a lot, of, and then it's like the Golden Army and all that. Yeah, shit. I remember the Golden Army. I don't remember fairy marketplace. Well, it's not like like it's like more like the classic like old folklore fairies where it's like just like creatures nymphs. of old myth okay. of old myth of different size and shape. Ah, yeah. uh, okay, I gotcha. Um, but yeah, so so I mean, I think that's kind of a cool. That, that's almost how Hellboy movies and, and TV shows should be done, where it's like you have the characters, you have their lore. Now mm. just tell a paranormal like X Files story. Yeah, make, exactly. Make up your own shit. Make it like a closed off one off story. Yeah, exactly. Be like this. Here's they're investigating a haunting. Here's why the haunting happened. It's this weird thing that, you know, that's all you need. Yep. And, like, just have it be your yeah. own setup. Yeah, there's plenty of, like, myths and, like, uh, occult, like, lore that you can pull from to make an awesome story. Exactly. And then, then you have an original movie that's going to, like, surprise everyone who watches it, but still make them happy because you got the characters right. That's yep. really all most fans care about. It's just, about. like, anthology style. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what Hellboy, that Hellboy is, like, a perfect example of anthology style, for the most part. Yeah, loosely, yeah. Yeah, there's some stories that go on, like, B, like BPRD is a pretty ongoing story, but Hellboy itself is always very much an anthology. Okay. Um, but yeah, that'll, that'll be the end of our first week of talking about Hellboy. We uh, uh, I we didn't talk about it a lot at the top of the podcast, but Hellboy is probably my favorite character in comic books, so I've been really excited to start this series. I'm really glad we're getting into this. Yeah, same. And like, because I, I mean, I, I guess I wasn't really like nervous, but I knew because Hellboy is such an iconic thing and, you know, I've, we've been kind of edging it for a while and I always knew I was going to love it. And, as, you know, as soon as I started getting into it, it's just like, yep, I, this is what I was expecting. I love it. Like, right. I'm all on it. And, and it's like <laughs> there's a lot of comics there. So sometimes it's like hard to like jump into. You're like, where do, like, is it? Okay? Am I gonna, ever going to finish this? It's like but, jumping into an ocean. Right. Yeah. But then once you like once you get far enough, like you're like, I don't want it to end. Exactly. Like, yeah. I kept I burned through the whole Hellboy saga like so quickly. And there's a lot to it. Oh, I like, there's like. Yeah. 190 issues just a BPRD. Jesus. Like it's, but it's like, and it read, it all reads very quickly though. Like, uh, I've Mignola, noticed that, yeah. Mignola's style gets faster and faster. John Arcudi's style is like super well paced. He's one of the best paced writers I know of. Hmm. Like where you can read a whole volume in one sitting and be like, oh, it's over? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's like that's what makes Hellboy so Interesting. fun. So like, I, I normally, when I read comics, I read like an issue and then kind of maybe take a break or maybe read something else. Okay. Like just cause, just to mix it up. Yeah, yeah. But like when I'm reading Hellboy, I read a volume. Yeah, yeah. And then I move on yeah, to that's, something else. Yeah, that's what I did yesterday. I read the first volume and the BPRD yeah, like it's, in it's one just, sitting. It just, when you get to the final page, you're like, oh, well, I don't want to be done now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like that's a good totally. fucking book right there oh, when, yeah. you, when you have that feeling. Yep. Um. But yeah, so just to close out here, like I said, next week we're going to be talking about uh, BPRD Volume 1. That's Hollow Earth and other stories if you're reading the Omnis. Otherwise, you can find it. I think it's just uh, if it opens up with like a snowy temple in the mountains, you're on the right one. Oh, yeah. Um, it, it's going to be all about Liz and Johan Kraus and Abe uh, and, Abe and then also Roger. Yep. Yep. Uh, so it'll tie in pretty well with Hellboy 2 and the Golden Army because we'll be able to talk about Johan and all that. Yep. And then uh, we'll be doing Hellboy the week after that as well. So thank you all for joining us. Oh, yeah. And uh, goodbye. <laughs>